Hello, Maine South. Welcome to the third episode of South Sports, hosted by myself, um, Dylan Sarsini. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Andrew Lubashenko, the team cap, one of the team captains of the Maine South varsity swimming team, and Mr. Kura, the coach of the varsity boys swimming team. Um, welcome, guys. It's a pleasure to have you on. Um, how are you guys doing? Good. How about you? I'm great. I'm doing good. Thanks for having us. Of course, yeah. Um, okay, so just to start off, um, how did swimming season go? Uh, I think swimming season went amazing, better than I think anyone could have imagined. Um, you know, beating many of the best teams, I would say, in the state because our conference is so fast. So I think it went great. Glad to hear. Yeah, and I, I mean, just to echo what, what Andrew was saying, um, you know, I've been asked this question by a lot of people um, around the building um, in the aftermath of, of our season concluding. And um, I don't want to say it was unexpected, but, um, you know, I, I kind of heard the team's goals at the beginning of the year. And um, I wouldn't say I was skeptical. I just thought that they were very challenging goals. I mean, they, we, we, they kind of put it out there for themselves. And um, I did not guide them in that at all. And um, we came really, really close to, to hitting all of the marks um, as far as things we wanted to do. So um, anytime you can do that, I think it's just, you know, an amazing, amazing accomplishment. And, you know, they kind of topped it off at the end with, um, you know, the first sectional championship in school history. So, you know, through everything that that, that group went through over the last couple of years, that's something that they can always look back on with fond memories and kind of hang their hat on. Right. So, I mean, I, I heard about that. I saw it all over social media. Um, congratulations. Just like to say that. Um, Thank you. How do you guys do it? Like, what about the preparation? How much preparation did it take? I mean, I think on one hand, you like for a lot of these guys, for a guy like Andrew, it, I mean, it's not just like 12 weeks of preparation. It's something that you kind of been preparing for. For years, I would yeah, say. In some ways, it's, I mean, you know, you go back, some guys started swimming when they were seven years old. Some guys started when they were nine. I mean, you know, you kind of train to get faster. And then when you get into high school, you start to get into a little bit more of a, a team concept and you start thinking about, you know, what are your team goals? Mm -hmm. And the thing about our sport is that it's really hard to achieve those team goals of winning championships if you're not accomplishing a lot of your personal individual goals as well. Mm -hmm. um, so those things kind of go hand in hand. So I, I think it's been a lot of preparation. Um, I know for me, I've been talking about it since I started coaching here years ago, and we were talking about it when I was a swimmer here back in the 90s. So it's been a long time coming. Um, I mean, I'm sure that everyone has put in a lot of work, like you guys said, um, this far. Um, so, Andrew, how long have you been swimming? I don't even I, I would just say 10 plus years, to be honest. I think that's a safe, reasonable number. 10 plus years? Yeah. Um, do you remember the first, like, swim team you... I Yeah, so uh, I was on actually many teams over my, I would say, career, because I'm not going to be swimming anymore, sadly. But uh, I started on G-Tech, which is, uh, they swim at Glenbrook South. Um, and then I went to uh, Displains River Racers, which was more low-key team in Desplaines when I moved houses into Park Ridge. And then after that, that team closed, uh, sadly. Um, and then I moved to GEA, which is Glenbrook Aquatics, which also swam at 
GBN slash uh, GBS, um, and then that combined with GTEC. So then I moved to Swift to Quags, ended there, ended my career there, uh, and they swim at Niles North. So, um, so like, how, how did you pick swimming? And this can go for both of you guys, but um, um, well, I mean, for me, I I picked swimming. I, for people that that know me, I'm I'm an alum of Maine South, and I ended up swimming here, but. Um, like my story is kind of an interesting one because I actually started high school at Loyola Academy and I was a basketball player. Um, I tried out for the basketball team. Um, I found out years later that I was good enough to make the team, um, but um, I, I wasn't a, uh, I wasn't a known commodity. I wasn't a name. Um, so they kept a few other guys that would be better supporters of the program um, you know, down through the line. So I kind of joined the swim team because my PE teacher at the time was the swim coach at Loyola. And then I transferred here and I actually played basketball here for a year. And it wasn't a great experience for me individually that year. Um, and then I went to swimming and um, Coach Dager was was kind of my mentor and, and one of my first swim coaches that I had for multiple years. So that's kind of my story. I mean, it was a little bit more of a roundabout type of way for me. Mm-hmm. What about you, Andrew? Um, well, I actually, you know, like uh, when I was little, I actually started with hockey um, and, you know, played baseball sometimes, lacrosse for a couple of seasons. But hockey was the main one at the beginning. And I was selected for travel, but I was like, I, I didn't want to go to travel. It was too much of a commitment. So I moved to swimming uh, because I was always, I would say, you know, a little bit gifted in swimming at the beginning of life, um, and then and at the end. I mean, don't sell, don't sell yourself short end, here. Yeah, I mean, it's not too. like you got worse or anything. That's true. I got better. I got yeah. better. But um, then uh, when I was at Displains Rail Racers, a uh, coach named uh, Mike Tutland, which I think he does diving still at Main West. Yeah, he's over at Main West still. He definitely uh, kept me in the sport going. And uh, when I moved, I just stayed with it. So, it's so funny that you didn't do hockey because of the commitment, and then look at what happened with swimming. You well, that, tra- I mean, it's also more dangerous too. Well, yeah, especially yeah, in travel. For sure, yeah. I mean, but yeah, you, you talked about the commitment, and I mean, how many hours would you say you logged in the pool over the course of ten years? I have no idea. Yeah, I, I mean, don't want to count. Impossible to calculate. Probably not even the miles. I don't want to count how many miles either. <laughs> yeah. So. So. Um, it's pretty fair to say that you guys both have a lot of experience with swimming. Yeah, been around it. For, I mean, for me, I swam in college. I mean, I've been around swimming in some capacity now for almost 30 years. So. Wow. So, Mr. Kerr, that's, that's probably why you chose to be the swim coach then, right? Um, I mean, I did. I, you know, it was one of those things where um, I actually, when I was here at Maine South, I was a varsity baseball player as well. Um, and I'm actually, I was always a better baseball player than I was at anything else. Um, so when I started teaching here, you know, some 21 years ago, um, I actually was volunteering with the baseball program. Um, and in the winter I was coaching the boys swim team as, um, coach Dager's assistant. Like they had an opening, there was a social science position open. I got the job. I became his assistant and, you know, for, you know, 19 of the last 21 seasons, I've been associated um, with the boys program in some capacity, either as an assistant or as the 
the head coach. So, I mean, it just kind of was a natural thing. Um, you know, the, the allure to me was that um, I wasn't I was like I always tell the guys like I could not based on the kind of swimmer that I was I couldn't swim competitively on our JV team like I just I picked it up so late I didn't really learn mm-hmm. to swim until I was in high school um, you know so I the allure to me was that I could learn about it and I could I could learn you know the training st- t- you know techniques I could learn the um, you know how to how to push you know the right buttons so to speak to, to try to get people faster you can read up and watch videos on how the technique is supposed to look and um, I think because I wasn't so naturally gifted at it um, I really had to kind of think about what I was doing it, it makes it a little bit easier for me to explain some of what you know needs to be done to try to improve whereas in baseball I was a little bit more natural at it mm-hmm. so like coaching baseball was a little bit more difficult for me. The strategy was fine, but teaching the footwork and stuff was harder for me because the footwork always kind of came natural to me. Mm-hmm. So um, you guys won sectionals, right? I just I addressed yes. that before, but what do you guys do after that? After? Yeah. A lot of celebration for sure. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure we went out to probably like Culver's or something to eat out as a team. Uh, I... That's basically it. It wasn't like a massive party. Yeah, I mean, you you win sectionals, and we had you know a a bunch of state qualifiers, so they had to be back in the water practicing on Monday. So, you know, they you know what I told them was I was like you know enjoy it tonight, get your rest tomorrow, back to business on Monday. Um, For me, I went home that night. I got something to eat, sat on the couch, and I'm pretty sure I passed out. I was just exhausted. I'm prob- I was probably asleep by like eight o'clock that night. Mm-hmm. So, so you guys, um, some of the team members, right? They they broke a bunch of records, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there was uh, three or thro- four. Yeah, th- well, throughout the course of the season, there was I think six records broken. We 100 breaststroke multiple times. Yeah, the 100 breaststroke was was broken three consecutive weeks. Um, medley relay record was broken. Uh, 200 IM record was broken. Uh, both the six dive and the 11 dive records were broken by um, Joy Roberts on our dive team. Um, 100 backstroke was broken, and then the 100 breaststroke. So what is that? That's I think that's six, right? That's four swimming, two, two diving. 100 back, 100. Yeah, that's six. Two medley. Yeah. Six. Yeah. Yeah. So six total. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's half the events. Wow. So I mean, you guys have had a successful year this time right yeah it's i mean it's it's kind of it's almost funny to say this but the last time we had you know a full regular season without covid we had sectionals in the state series and everything that year we broke all the records basically i'm pretty sure yeah it was like one it was like 10 out of the 12 records and that was that was called like the best team in history right and then this year is it's kind of I don't know which one would be better to be honest I don't know it's that'll be interesting because people will ask me that um, obviously the team two years ago um, I think performed a little bit better at the state meet but you know the guys that were like the the key like the really key guys that like the fastest guys were seniors like they were upperclassmen two years ago um, we had we had some really fast seniors Andrew being one of them but we also had I mean, shoot, on that sectional team, what was there? There was like three seniors, and then Lucas, the rest were Zach Wagner uh, and you, right? 
me. Those were the only three. Was that the only three swimmers that were seniors? The divers were both seniors. Yeah. But everybody else was freshman, sophomore, junior. And and the bulk of them were actually sophomores, if I remember correctly. Like, there was more sophomores than sophomores there were juniors. juniors. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, most of the group is coming back. So, we'll see. I mean, them that group collectively, if they can follow this season up with something really amazing next year and, and then perform, you know, at the state meet, you know, then they'll be able to say, you know, this two-year stretch is the best two-year stretch, you know, in the history of – Maine South boys swimming. So we'll see. I mean, that that's all the – it's got to be played out, and you have to avoid injuries, and guys got to continue training and stuff like that. But I I think that some of the – you know, because there was some disappointment at the state meet um, in prelims the following weekend. So I think for some guys that's going to kind of – that'll that'll keep the fire lit under them, and they'll continue to train because, you know, you, you get to that point – and I think there were some guys that felt like there was some unfinished business, like they didn't perform the way that they had wanted to um, in that environment and in that setting, which was a new environment and setting, especially because a lot of those guys, they had canceled all the major age group meets and everything in the lead up. This year? Well, no, but like they didn't have the bulk of that experience because oh, yeah, yeah. like when COVID started, they canceled senior state and age group state. And then the following year, they didn't have it really either. So we only had like one or two swimmers that actually even had sectionals experience. Right. So it was, I mean, really talented team, but in terms of just kind of big meat experience, big meat environment, um, not as much experience as you would have expected for a group as as talented and as fast as we were. So. Yeah, that kind of brings me on to the next point. Um, How do you motivate the swimmers? Um. I, I mean, Andrew will have to jump in on this. I actually, I don't know that I had to do a whole lot of that. I mean, you know, they set the goals that they wanted to achieve. And, and really for me, I, it was kind of more reminding you guys of what they were. Like, I think that was more what I had to do this year um, because I, I gave that to them to take ownership of. And, you know, if they're setting their own goals, then you know, it's just important to remind them what they are when, you know, it gets tough because the, the winter season for swimming can get to be a slog. I mean, you're always cold. You're jumping a into lot, a cold pool. A like lot of every sickness day. too. Yeah. And you're, you're dealing with COVID and you, you know, you get your, your common colds. And then, you know, the last few weeks of the season, we had the flu kind of run through some guys a little bit. Um, so when things start to get tough, it's just kind of reminding them of what you're doing it all for. And you put in all of this work, to get to, you know, whatever, 14 days or 20 days or eight days from the meet that you're training for, you don't want to throw it away during that time. So, I, you know, to me, that was the biggest thing I did this year. I, I really haven't had to scream and yell at guys to, to train harder or go faster probably in a few years for probably. the most part. I mean, it's been I pretty, that. I mean, it's more kind of correcting technique and reminding you of things that you need to make sure you're doing as opposed to getting guys to put in the effort, you know, in terms of going fast yeah. and practice. I think putting effort in the practice was more of a captain's job this year, especially from Zach Wagner, the other captain, and me. And even, like, actually the full, like, senior team because yeah. all the seniors were, you know, telling the, un- the underclassmen that, you know, we have these big meets coming up. We haven't done them in a lot like in a long time like for example uh like evanston 
uh, you know, that was a hard meet, but we, I think we beat them in uh, the biggest fashion, like the most points ever. Yeah, it was one of the larger wins that we've had against them in a while. Um, I want to say, um, you know, I think what, two out of the last three times, if you don't count COVID, like in the COVID year, we just, I didn't make lineups to try to yeah. compete with the other team. We were kind of just racing each other and then we would merge results. Um, but, you know, this year's senior class was two and two against Evanston, um, which I don't think that has happened in a while. I mean, Evanston's always, you know, really good and really deep. Um, and Andrew's right. Like the senior group, I mean, you can go down the list and even some of the, uh, like some of the juniors, like Lucas Nielsen, as the season went on, he was really taking on more of a, a leadership role. Same with um, Bar Barcubis in the junior class. Yeah, I mean, he he was, you know, when we got into mid-January, he started really taking charge um, because we, like, guys get along and they like each other, but you're around each other so much, and, you know, you get a little, they're competitive. You know, part of what makes them good is they're competing with each other in practice. So, And we had some guys that would uh, would chat it up a little bit at practice and then eventually get under each other's skin a little bit. Um, which is a sign of a competitive team. Like I had people that would see that and be like, oh, shouldn't you stop that? And I'm like, I don't know. Like I kind of want, I kind of want him getting a little angry that he didn't beat him that time. Maybe that'll make him go a little bit faster the next time. So um, I think a little bit of that is good. And it's nice when, you know, the guys in the water can, can, you know, kind of make their voice heard and say, all right, let's get back to business. Let's focus on what we're doing. Let's pay attention. So. The JV team did well, uh, really well as uh, this year as well. With, yeah, with Alex uh, Pertel um, being, I would say, the JV captain. Yeah, I mean, else, I think you know he was over there for a while early in the year. Charlie McAllister was over there setting a really good example. Um, Jack Rouse was over there. Um, he busted his butt this year, and I mean, he went faster this Matt, year than he in the hundred breast show ever thought was... he would go. Um, I mean. He was so fast at the end of the year. If you were to rewind four years, he would have been within like 1.3 seconds of the old, like the previous school record before we wow. had this influx of talent, um, which is amazing to think. And he was swimming on JV. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, and and I mean, he, he was definitely good enough to be a varsity swimmer. Just it was a numbers game in terms of the number of spots you had available um, in a meet in any given lineup. So I think that really shows the depth that we had this year. Yeah. And it's what allowed us to be successful in a lot of our meets and, um, you know, what allowed us to be successful at the end, because guys had to really push and know that if they didn't perform in practice, if they didn't perform in meets, that somebody was going to take that spot from them in the championship meets at the end. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, I mean, you guys are talking about meets right now. Um, how, what does a meet look like? Like, how do competitions look like? Um, it's very similar to like it's very similar to track and field. You ever, if anybody's ever seen a track and field meet, um, you know, you've got some relays, you got some individual events, and they're kind of spaced out. Um, you know, I would have to look into why they set the order of events for the high school um, schedule that no they idea did. Either. But um, you know, you start out with a medley relay, and then um then you've got three individual events before there's a break for the diving the diving is a, a separate event um that you run the diving and then there's usually a brief warm-up 10 minutes or so and then you run through the, um, the remaining um seven 
seven swimming events. So, and that's a combination of individual events and relays. So altogether there's 12 events, but we often swim, you know, when you look at other teams, like if you take basketball, for example, like the varsity will play a game at 7.30, the JV might, or the, the sophomore team might play at six and the freshmen play at 4.30. Like we run everything at once. So basically heat one, of the medley relay or the of event event one, which is the medley relay, might be like the frost soft or the JV two medley relay, and then you run the JV medley relay, and then the varsity medley relay. So it kind of builds up, and each event kind of gets faster as each heat goes on. So it's usually a three level meet. Generally takes about two and a half hours for a dual meet. Um, invites are the the order of events is the same way, but you'll have six teams, eight teams, twelve teams depends on the size of the meet and then um invites on weekends usually take like three hours three and a half hours sometimes um this this might be a little more for andrew but what does a team captain do like what what is one of your jobs it's a tough question um i think it's mostly just i don't know being the head person there you know some you know uh motivating the swimmers, your teammates, uh, you know, giving out information that the coach uh, or the head coach says because a lot of people don't remember, sadly. And, you know, we're always here to, you know, give out that information, I would say, many times when it shouldn't be many times. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not that much different than, like, having, like, a teaching assistant in a classroom. Like, a lot of students are off in la-la land not listening to instructions, and then all of a sudden it's time to get to work, and you've got so many people that don't know what to do. So captains will help communicate that, or if they realize somebody's not paying attention, they try to bring them back into what we're doing. Um, you know, for me, um, they're, they're kind of like my point people for the team. Like, if I'm starting to wonder, you know, is the team – is the team really tired? Do we need to do we need to back off a little bit? Do we need you know a break? What's going on with this? Like I'll go to those guys first um, and let them try to find out what's happening for me, um, so that I can kind of lead the team and, and kind of set things up the way that it's going to be the most beneficial for the group. So they're the guys that I tend to communicate with the most, and I think that's probably pretty normal for any team, um, you know. And then the other thing is. Um, I, the captains are also they, like they establish expectations like their behavior and the way they interact and and how they handle situations sets the standard for how it's going to be done for younger guys mm -hmm. um, down the road so speaking of um, how how would tryouts work for next year um I don't know I mean it, a lot's kind of up in the air I'm hoping that the pool's ready for the boys mm -hmm. season um, you know they're they're shutting the pool down over the summer to to do some work in there so when the girls season starts we're going to be kind of you know a team without a facility for a while we'll be kind of traveling wherever there's space for us to work out mm -hmm. um usually when we do tryouts um i went to a more kind of open-ended type of way of doing it within the last five years we try to keep everybody um and the tryout is really just you know what kind of workload can you handle um, which because we have different practice groups and the intensity of the training, you know, varies by practice group. So we try to get guys in an appropriate practice group so that they're not getting injuries and they're not overtraining or anything like that. Um, and we do have some movement around. Like I mentioned Charlie McAllister earlier, earlier, he, 
he started this season this past year, um, you know, training in in a, in a lane with, you know, what were basically our JV guys at the end of the year. But I would say right around winter break, like shortly before, sometime around there, he moved over into the varsity one of the varsity circles, and absolutely killed it the rest of the year. I mean, he had a phenomenal conference meet at the end. Forty nine nine and the hundred free. Yeah, for, like, like forty nine nine and the hundred free. And this is a, from a guy that, when he started as a freshman, I don't know that he had a whole lot of swimming experience at all. So, um, uh, let's see. So. Uh, how how often do you guys compete during swim season? Want to take it once every week? I would say there, the every... week the the season is um, like fourteen weeks long, and we have fourteen meets, and then you have the state series. So, like the sectional meet for the the eight to twelve guys that swim in that, that would be their fifteenth meet potentially. And then if they qualify for state, that would be the 16th meet. So it's about one meet per week. Mm -hmm. um, there's some guys that will swim a little bit more because we have some events that are um, like frost sloth only, frost sloth invites. So we had a bunch of freshmen and sophomores with the varsity. So they went to a couple of those things mm -hmm. um, throughout the year. Um, but it's generally like we start out a little bit slow, like the first couple of weeks, we don't really have a meet. And then after that, we, like, it seems like about every other week, we have a meet Friday night and then a meet Saturday. So we get pretty busy. There's usually not a meet, a, uh, meet during winter break, though. It's usually grind yeah. season during that time. Yeah. Like, the, we have one meet over winter break, usually. And other than that, we don't swim those weeks. So th there's, like, five weeks, five of the other, you know, like, ten weeks or so where we swim two meets that week. So it gets a little, it gets a little crazy. It gets mm -hmm. a little tiring. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll have meets where, and a lot of the guys are used to it because with their club teams, you know, they'll have meets that start on Thursday night. They'll go Thursday, yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm -hmm. you know, four day meet basically. Um, but it's a little bit different, I think, because stuff is a little bit more spaced out. Um, you know, they're not swimming four, three or four events each day. They might be swimming one event on a Thursday and then one event on Friday, then three on Saturday or something like that. So it does get spaced out a little bit more, but it can be really tiring because we can swim a meet on Friday night in our conference, which is super competitive. And a guy like Andrew would have maybe three or four swims on Friday night, and then we come back for an invite the following morning, and he's swimming three or four more times. So he's got like six to eight swims within like 17 hours. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's definitely way more spread out in club season because, you know, there are like, hundreds of swimmers at yeah. one meet and in high school i would say it's like i don't know 75 yeah it's, it's just a smaller quicker environment like you go to a club meet and you're watching it and you're, you're i mean you could be there for six or seven hours like you're never going to be watching a high school meet for six or seven hours mm -hmm. like it's pretty much two and a half to three and a half hours and you're done mm -hmm. so i mean that's the, that's the difference and it you know the, the tighter the time frame is the more difficult it is for the swimmers to perform at a really high level because there's less recovery time. Mm -hmm. um, so, Andrew, I mean, you go to school here, and Mr. Curry, you're a social studies teacher. So how do you guys balance, like, all the workload? <laughs> Sometimes I don't balance it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I could say the same thing. I mean, it's, it's interesting because, like, this year and, and certainly last year because of COVID, we only – 
practiced once a day. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's a massive difference between like this year and I think three years ago, because three years ago, sometimes we even had two practices a day or yeah. like, a, like a lifting session and a practice. And this year we kind of had a different, or uh, Coach Kerr had a different kind of philosophy, I would say, with just having one practice um, and just doing the correct stuff in that one practice. Yeah, I'm still trying to evaluate how well that worked. I think it worked well, but I'm trying to figure out if, you know, figuring out a way to incorporate some of the lifting and stuff back in to the, you know, the program for a maintenance, from a maintenance standpoint is a good thing. It's something I'll probably talk with, you know, some of the guys, um, you know, as we get towards the end of the school year and I start planning for next year, but it's, it's incredibly difficult, um, to balance. I, I was telling one of my classes today, um, a student was asking me about an essay, um, that they turned in and it, and it's been graded, but I just haven't had a chance to hand it back. Um, you know, I, I have spent, we've been done now for what, this like three weeks or so with swimming? Something like that. And I feel like literally just yesterday, I, I feel like I caught back up with everything I needed to be caught up with, with respect to the teaching part of my job and then also with my family. Um, so it's a, it's, a ma- it's a massive time commitment for me. And, it, and I know it's a massive time commitment for the guys because when I'm there, I'm not working out. Mm-hmm. Like I'm standing there, like it's tiring and, and it's yeah. mentally draining for me to be watching everything that's going on, but I'm not putting in five or 6,000 yards of really high quality stuff every single day. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're, if you're swimming, you know, 5,500 yards to 6,000 yards on a given day, I mean, you're pushing four miles every day. You know, I mean, I, I know st- I have students in class that I mentioned the concept of walking four miles in a day and they're like, oh, that'd be terrible. I would never want to do that. Uh-huh. You know, we got guys that are probably walking that much in a day and then they're jumping yeah. in for an hour and 45 minutes to two hours and they're they're swimming four miles in a day and they're swimming fast. So, yeah, but like a daily schedule would be like school Then we got practice right after school at 3.30 to 5.30, so usually two hours, maybe sometimes a little bit more, a little bit less. And then most people would be home around 6, 6.15, depending on how long we're in the showers, if we are or not. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, you kind of have to have that time where you just want to chill, uh, relax after practice since you're swimming so, so many yards. So you basically start homework at seven, maybe seven thirty, and you're trying to get to sleep at like 10, 11 o'clock because you have to redo that every single day. So it's definitely hard, um, to do your homework. It's a, it's a really, as well. yeah, I mean, it's an unforgiving schedule and, it, I, I actually think, and this is, I mean, I know that this is how kind of I think of it from the standpoint of, you know, lesson planning and grading and stuff that I have to do, but it's a really unforgiving schedule if, you, if you're if you a procrastinator and you waste time. Mm-hmm. Like if you have time during the day when you don't have class here at school, it's super important that you are utilizing that, t- utilizing that time. Um, I think it's really important that you utilize the time on the weekends. Like it's really easy to get into this rut where it's like, oh, it's Saturday after practice. I'm just going to sit around all day. And that feels really good at the time. But then all of a sudden, what does your Sunday turn into? What does your Monday look like? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really not different for a lot of people. I mean, anybody that's involved in any kind of club activity, you know, fine arts, anything here, like they're balancing a really challenging schedule. 
and it's just kind of figuring out how to manage that time. Yeah, I think that's a pretty big part Yeah, for anyone who's in high school. Um, but Andrew, I mean, you're a team captain. How, how did you come up with the decision to become a team captain? Well, actually, Kura gave me and Zach, uh, like, the job, I would say. Because it is more of, like, a job, like, controlling, yeah, uh, talking to the team and stuff. Yeah, I mean, there there's a certain amount of expectations. And, um, you know, it's not it's not for everyone. Um, I think it's a it's something that guys grow into, um, and you know you kind of see it develop as time goes on. Um, so, you know, it's not a it's not a popularity contest. It's not you know the guy that's the fastest guy necessarily. Um, you know, it's it's the guys that understand the program and they understand the expectations and they're willing to communicate those expectations and do things the right way. Well, um, is, is there anything else you wanted to add before? I don't think so. I, I mean, I, I think it's awesome that you, you had us on. It's, yeah. it's been really, really good to kind of think back and kind of start to process some of what went on during the season. Of course. Um, I, guess, I, I guess I just want to give a, some shout-outs to the swimmers because we, had, we didn't mention some amazing swimmers that we had. Lubomir Popovich, junior, backstroke, amazing year. Uh, club and high school. Um, who, who am I missing? Dominic Mazurik and yeah. the IEM having the record. Sam Secor. Yeah, and the breaststroke. I mean, the li- the list could go on. I mean, honestly, I, it's it's hard to to single out guys um, like Donnie Marsnick came out of nowhere. Like the guy had never really swam before last year, and he was on a state qualifying relay this year. There's um, a lot of swimmers that just started like their fresh freshman year and they exploded during the four years. And yeah. Now like state qualifiers and it's it's really an exciting time. I mean, you know, we we talk about all the time like increasing expectations and then understanding what those expectations are and and adjusting your work ethic and your mindset to it. And and one of the things that the boys swimmers and divers have done over the last handful of years is as they've improved, they have they haven't settled. Like every time they get better, it's it's what who's the next group, what's the next team that we can check off that we've beaten and that we're better than. Like they 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 really haven't been satisfied, which is it makes it very easy as a coaching staff to be able to coach those guys because you don't have to tell them who to look for or who to compete against. They're looking to compete against the best. So um, that's what really makes a winning program and. Um, it, I think it's super exciting. Um, you know, guys going back years and years um, have a hand in this kind of mentality because the mentality has been kind of growing and developing over time. So there's a lot of names from the past that, you know, don't get mentioned and won't get a lot of the credit, but they, they're the ones that laid the, the foundation. And without a good foundation, you can never build anything. Like nothing will stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. It'll get, it'll fall when, when things get tough. And, um, I think we have that now, and now it's just about upholding that tradition and and having the guys that we have coming back in the program next year continue to raise the bar. I will say, Nutrier, we are coming for you next yeah. year. That, that's that's going to be the next step. That's are we at? Put. Do you know for? I think we're at home next year, right? Because assuming the pool's ready. True. I I'm I'm so I'm jealous that the pool is coming next year since it's my senior year because I'm pretty sure we're getting new blocks. Yeah, tile. 
I don't know about tile. But Maybe we, tile. Yeah, we'll see. There'll be new starting blocks for sure, and I know that that's something that will will help us as a team. So Maybe new air. Yeah. But we'll see. <laughs> but. Anyway. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys, um, and thanks, everyone, to, for listening. Um, have a great break. We'll All be right. back. Thank thanks, you. Dylan. Yeah, of course.